Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Books, the Bag, and the Ugly podcast with your host, Raymond Meggett. Here on this podcast, we look at a book I've recently read, and we decide whether this book is truly in its bag or atrocious. Today, we have a book that I read recently in my newfound love for romance novels, which honestly, to me, is surprising because I never thought I'd be a romance novel girly, but here I am. 2022 has been a year of surprises. Um, So this book was recommended to me by my sister, and it is called Heartbreaker by Hannah Grace. It's her debut novel. It's a sports romance uh, between a hockey player and a figure skater, although I wouldn't say it, like, necessarily comes up that often. Like, it's mentioned, and it's there, but it's not the overarching plot. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll get into it, but... This book is super interesting. I have a lot to talk about when it comes to this book, and I'm going to bring my sister in on this episode as well. So first things first, let's go through the synopsis on Goodreads, as we always do, so we can know all of the ins, outs, goods, and bad. Okay, wait, I'm so dumb. I keep calling this book by the wrong name. I've done it like the whole time I've been reading it. The book is called Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. I don't know why I'm like this, but here we are. Um, So this is the first of Hannah Grace's novels. It's her debut novel. And it's also the first in her series, uh, the UCMH series, which is the name of the high school. Uh, University of California, Maple Hills is the school that they go to. So the synopsis is... Anastasia Allen has worked her entire life for a shot at Team USA, a competitive figure skater since she was five years old, a full college scholarship thanks to her place on the Maple Hill skating team, and a schedule that would make even the most driven person weep. Stacy comes to win. No exceptions. Nathan Hawk has never had a problem he couldn't solve. As captain of the Maple Hills Titans, he knows the responsibility of keeping the hockey team on the ice rests on his shoulders. When a misunderstanding results in the two teams sharing a rink and Anastasia's partner gets hurt in the aftermath, Nate finds himself swapping sticks for tights and one scary coach for an even scarier one. The pair find themselves stuck together in more ways than one, but it's fine because Anastasia doesn't even like hockey players, right? So this is like a little enemies to lovers, friends with benefits kind of romance it's a pretty quick burn, though. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a slow burn, and I wouldn't call the enemies to lovers part, like, a major plot point. It doesn't last too, too long. Um, I guess we'll get right to it. I have lots of different things to say about this book, and I don't want to, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I liked this book a lot. Like, I don't want to spoil the ending of my review, personally, but I like this book a lot. So we're going to go ahead and introduce my sister here, and we're going to jump right into our thoughts together, because this book was a twin read for us, so we read it at the same time. So we're going to get both of our thoughts at the same time as well. So here's my sister, Eden Meggett. Hi. So yeah, the last time I was on the show... Um, what did we read? We talked it, about K.F. Breen's okay. Sin and Chocolate, yeah, and one of the worst books of our time. <laughs> and we both, we both agreed that it was not great. It was not, not a good read, uh, no pun intended. So, 
Yeah. So this book was wildly different as a reading experience than that book was because this book was genuinely enjoyable. Um, Lots of good things, honestly. Very few notes. There there are some. Don't get me wrong. There are some notes. (laughs) Love you, Miss Hannah Grace. But for our next book, there are some things I could see changing. But overall, very few notes. So, Eden, since you recommended this book to me, again, Mm. one of the books, I'm telling y'all, viewers, okay, I pick books through a random and strange system of standards (laughs) for my novels, okay? Your standards are god-awful. Let's be honest. First of all, stop. I have great standards you because don't. that's how I knew Sin and Chocolate was bad. You were trying to convince me that Sin and Chocolate was actually worth and reading. We, and we discussed in that la- last episode that that's not what was happening. That was not why I recommended you reading Sin and Chocolate. But continue, continue. Regardless, <laughs> she has weird standards. And most of the people that I get my book recommendations from have similarly strange <laughs> reading not styles. What's what I want to say? Um, they have similarly strange book recommendations. We'll put it like that. Okay. So I, audience, am wary of most books that these people recommend to me. These people being your closest friends and family. I don't read books that my friends recommend to me. Ew. <laughs> anyway. Okay. No, I have very few friends, not like close, close friends, because most of my close, close friends don't read things that I read, Um, regardless. Anyway, back to the point. I was going to say, she recommended me this book, and at first I was wary because I don't do sports romances. That's one of my like big, hard no's. I'm not into sports romances. I don't know what it is about a sports romance because I recently read a different sports romance after I got done with Icebreaker and I hated it, hated everything about it. And I don't know what it is about sports romance novels that just like upset me to my core. Um, But I typically wouldn't read one. So when she was telling me she was reading a sports romance, I was like, oh, I would never read this. But she was waxing poetic, talking about how much she loved this book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she was talking about how much she loved this book, how great it was, and how it was absolutely a must-read book for me. And she was like, I think you'll like it. So I gave it a shot, and she was correct. One of the very few times my little sister has been correct, she was really right. I just so everybody knows, I am older than you. I was born in... 2002 you were born in 2003 that has nothing to do with the situation if we do the math that has nothing to do with the situation at hand you're but yeah that has nothing to do with the situation at hand regardless anyway she was right i like this book a lot so what drew you to this book in the first place Eden? which i feel like is where we start Um, with all of these that's a good question i either saw as I so randomly do, I saw a book talk about it. Either that happened or I saw on my cousin's uh, Kindle, because we share our Kindle app, that she had like downloaded the book for through Kindle Unlimited. Um, typically, I hate every single book that comes up on book talk. Like I abhor them. Um, but Which is quite rude because book talk has had a couple bangers. Not many, not too many. They they very rarely do, Book but they've had a couple things. Has allowed Colleen Hoover, or however you pronounce her name. You have got to stop slandering her on my show. I'm not <laughs> trying to get sued. Okay. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slander, but I will say that Book Talk Book Talk has hundred percent let too many people who 
should never have written a book, get a platform. So typically I don't like what they've got coming out, but, um, I feel like that was what happened. It was either book talk or Kindle unlimited that I was like, yep, this looks like something I would read. Let me try it out. Which is interesting because I feel like you're not a big romance person. Like, I feel like I'm more of a romance novel person than you are at this point. Um, because you're like action-y. You like action books. I do. I do love action. But, you know, my year 2022 for me as a reader was pretty sparse. I mostly reread this year. I didn't find too many books, new books that I liked. And a lot of my authors dropped books, my like favorite authors dropped books. And only like three of them were actually like banging for me. Like I'm still in the middle of not finishing a book right now that I was looking forward to for like two years. So um, I was kind of desperate for a new read. And I was like, okay, this actually surprisingly has a lot of really good reviews on Goodreads. And mind you, book talk to the Goodreads good review pipeline is horrendous. Like, can we all acknowledge that um, y'all will let a book blow up and it will be absolute on on page, on, on, on paper? I mean, I will go read the blurb and I will be like, was that even an English sentence? But I was intrigued and I do like sports romance a lot. So you don't even like sports. I like sports. I like, I'm a huge basketball fan. Okay. Yeah. You like basketball, but there's very few good basketball romances. Most of them are football football or baseball or hockey. And I actually really like baseball. I like a lot of baseball romance books. I have a lot in my library saved right now. You like, baseball baseball is boring in real life i can't imagine it getting more interesting in a book um it is more interesting in a book because for some reason they act like baseball is relevant in you know this cultural zeitgeist when it's not and i kind of enjoy the like pretending that baseball is important thing like something about that is kind of fun to me so i guess it's the same way with hockey because like mm, we're from the south true um so hockey has literally never mattered less to anyone than it matters to us. Um, <laughs> I'm literally trying to think also, if I know a hockey player's face. I do. I've been to a hockey game before. Really? Yeah, when I was in like middle school, I went to a hockey game for Girl here, Scouts. Here in yeah, I went and saw the Charlotte Hurricanes. There, we have I a think, team here. Yeah, we do. We have a professional league team here in Charlotte. <laughs> Um, anyway, so <laughs> I have been to a hockey game and one of my roommates is a big hockey fan. So I've had discussions. She has talked at me about hockey things and I pretend to understand what she's saying to me. Um, so, but yeah. So anyway, back to this book, I guess, because we, I feel like we've gotten off topic already extremely quickly. Um, so how do I want to put this? Wh- why did you feel the need to recommend it to me, I guess, is where I'll go next. Um, because when I find a book that good, I need to fangirl with somebody. Very rare. Okay, so it's like, you know, a pattern for me that I find a book. I really love it. I recommend it. And you'll either tell me, yes, I'll read it if it's urban fantasy or no, I won't if it's the particular types of uh, romance that I like. So mafia romances, sport romance. Oh my God, you read all the things I hate. <laughs> I Okay, guys, actually, I want it to be uber clear. I will never, ever read a mafia romance book of my own volition. And if I do, please know 
some, like if I get on here and I read a mafia romance book, please know someone held me at gunpoint. Like there's no way I would read one of my own volition because it's, they're so creepy and toxic and borderline kidnappy in all of those mafia romances. Like not all you, of them. You cannot tell me that that's a healthy relationship. Not all of them. You cannot you tell me. To, you, have no, to, no, no. you have to find one written by somebody who actually understands like normal human relationships. And none of those people are writing mafia romances because that's weird. <laughs> no, like, there's like no, maybe. Okay. No, no, I'd no, no, say there's you like. You cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that someone was like, hey, I found this guy who may or may not kill people contractually in order to like. <laughs> help out his family and or gang and that's the person that i want to be in love with typically 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 the ones i like sorry typically the ones i like are ones where the uh female lead is um already in the world like she already understands who she's around what she's doing she's exposed to the violence and all of the things going on like that's 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 actually dumber that's actually worse (laughs) somehow regardless that's not what this is about i just want y'all to know i don't do mafia romances (laughs) i typically don't do sports romances although i might after reading this book because this is actually like indoctrinating like this was cute this was indoctrinating this book was cute but um, that's crazy yeah like i i don't do those i don't do age difference romances typically super real um i typically don't do stuff about rich people just because like i find that super um propaganda-ish no okay well that's how i see it (laughs) i i just like i find it pathetic i guess but like like, i think that's worse i'm I'm rich and like my life is so difficult that i can't even find a woman and it's like babe go to a bar like what are you just be normal the way that this reminded me of the the like el james series i one of my favorite youtubers like streamed reading the books for like six hours for charity and that was like the plot was that he was just rich yeah <laughs> shades of gray no not not 50 shades of gray the like next one she wrote after oh. that it was she wrote another i think it's called the mister if anyone read those books i feel bad for you anyway so to talk about this book again because we continue to get off topic about hannah grace's book icebreaker which to let y'all know that that is the book we are reviewing um <laughs> it's a heartbreaker yeah i don't know why i did that i feel like i've wrote it down in my notes several times incorrectly too the book is icebreaker um i'm going to get it right i promise we'll it's see. the book is icebreaker it's for whatever reason i just like uh, I feel like they didn't talk enough about ice in the book to warrant it being called Icebreaker. I don't know. I feel like they talked a lot about ice because they both played ice sports and everyone they hung around except for... Yeah, they were were very rarely actually seen on the ice. Like, they were kind of doing a lot of other things most of the time. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so basically... There's a part of the book, which usually I do. And like, I feel like in the future, I might tone that down some because these are reviews for people who've already read the book. So like, why am I explaining the whole plot of the book to you? But I'm going to do it one more time just for today's sake. So basically, the plot of this book is um, these guys from a different college come and like ruin the hockey rink um, at the school, University of California, Maple Hills. 
And then... The, the, well, it's important to say that they have two rinks. It's important to say that there's... Yeah, so they have two rinks. They ruin the hockey rink. Yeah. Right? But then... So then the hockey team has to go practice on the figure skating rink. And they're, those are both, like, really good teams for the school. And so Anastasia, she's a figure skater. And her partner, Aaron, they're both really pissed about it. And, you know, understandably, like, they're hurt. They're mad because it's, like, cutting into their time. And Stacy's like, super OCD. And she has, like, this really strict schedule. And so she's not diagnosed with OCD. But mm, colloquially, we would say she has OCD. Right? So... She has this, like, super tight schedule, and it was, like, interfering with her schedule, and it was upsetting her, right? So, and then, I'm trying to think. So, now, the hockey guys are working there. Nathan, what is his last name? Hawkins. He is the captain of the hockey team, and he's trying to, like, bond with the ice skaters so that, like, everyone isn't upset and, you know, hurt or whatever. Um, he quickly becomes friends with Stacy. My sister calls her Stasi or Yeah, because I say Anastasia, so I say Stasi. Which is dumb because she's not Russian. I would pronounce it Anastasia. Well cut like the movie Anastasia. <laughs> um you know, I the just... Disney, well the not Disney, the Don Bluth <laughs> movie Anastasia, which would be how I would assume most people call would like would say that name. I don't know, I'm just weird, but um don't mind the background noise. My sister is kicking over a lamp right now. Um. Anyway, so they basically become, like, close friends, and then they become friends with benefits, and then there's this whole, you know, romance, you know, they, they get together. Well, they don't get together until, like, the very end of the book, but... They hang out a lot. They're over there all the time. They and then in the out. They hang us. out. They have lots of sex. <laughs> lots of sex. I think that was implied by the tone of my voice. I'm sure it was, but I'm going to make it clear. They hang out. They have lots of sex. Um, the whole team basically like falls in love with Anastasia. Like not falls in love, like actually. Like it's not a reverse harem book. Um, but Thank like God. they just they just actively like her. Um, she's over at the hockey house all the time. Like they have a great time. And then in the background. Um, her partner, Aaron, is being a toxic, like... Douche nozzle. Yeah, he's literally the word. And he... <laughs> You're gonna have to make me censor this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's actually ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's doing those things. He's literally the worst person alive. Um, and he's basically, like, ruining her life. He's spreading rumors about her. He's spreading all types of lies, saying that she's, um, a jersey chaser. And a whore and um, a slut who opened her legs for, like, any man. Um, he says all of those things. He also gets Nathan kicked off the hockey team for a little while because he fakes an injury um, and blames it on Nathan. So then Nathan can't play. And so that's, like, a little fun tidbit there. And then at the end of the book, Nathan and Anastasia are like, you know what? After we've, like, done literally everything together and he saved her life because Anastasia, I guess, side note, Anastasia went to his house for Christmas and fell through a frozen lake because I guess she's never been on real ice before despite being a figure skater, which was one of the things I was like, that doesn't make sense, but I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, she falls through some ice like an idiot and... It was a very Hallmark moment, actually. She falls through some ice, he saves her, and then, you know, whatever. So then they're like, we're definitely going to be together because they finally decided that, like, it doesn't even make sense to call themselves friends with benefits at that point. Like, they are literally they've literally been exclusive together. and, like, basically married since halfway through the book. And so 
Yeah, they get together, and then um, Aaron decides to sexually assault Anastasia in on national television. Yeah, at their the Olympic skating. trials, or not the Olympic trials, but it was like close enough. It was like national competition. Yeah, and their whole thing was that they were trying. To, um, Stassi's whole thing was that she was trying to get to the Olympics. Stassi sounds so stupid. Okay, Why well, would someone be called Stassi <laughs> willingly? Okay, well, that ain't no shade to anyone out there. Name Stassi. Stassi. <laughs> Your parents don't love you. That's crazy. Um, that's the way I said it in my head. So sorry to you. Um, chill. But um, her whole thing uh, was that she was trying to get to the Olympics. Uh, the whole reason she kind of stayed in her partnership was she was like, all right, I've come this far. Like, I will do whatever it takes to get what I need to get done, done. And, um, yeah, so he sexually assaulted her on the national stage. And she was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this. So that was pretty interesting to read. But it's uh, it's crazy because... Um, when you think about it, like, after, the, like, the book happened, Aaron was so insufferable that I'm amazed she had the willpower. Like, I kind of respect her a lot because that was just crazy. But before I, like, get into that, too, um, I think that covered, like, most of the main plot, but there's, like, a couple of side things going on. Um, at the beginning of the book, we explore a lot of the character, introduce, and then explore the characters throughout. Um, I'm going to do the characters in a second. Okay. Because the other thing I wanted to say was I also forgot the plot line that Aaron basically caused Stacy to have an eating disorder. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, by, like, he set her up on this food plan, like a diet plan. And then he basically, like, called her fat at every opportunity and, like, basically destroyed her self-esteem. Because um, he was a literal sociopath. Yeah. And so, like, throughout the book, Nathan is, like, and her other friend, Ryan, are basically, like, you don't eat enough, especially for, like, the amount of activity you do. And so then it became this whole thing of, like, he was literally trying to control her food. And it was actually insane. So there was that. But um, since my sister just brought it up, we are going to get into the characters now. Because there's a lot of characters in this book. It's a, it's a pretty large ensemble cast, honestly, which is something you don't see a whole lot in romance books. I feel like I definitely feel like it's more prominent in sports romances than it is in any other type of romance totally, novel. Totally, totally. I mean, you see it a little bit in some small town romances, which are... My God, I love a good small town romance. You just love a Hallmark moment, and, and I respect that. I do. I love a good, like, Hallmark moment, but in I'm more long of a lifetime form type book. Of girl. You know, I love Lifetime. <laughs> um, I just feel like Lifetime is clownery. Like, they're actually <laughs> not trying. That's, um, that's the great part of it. That's because, the like, how did they hide, like, how did they green light the Brenda Song obsession movie? Like, like, I was lifetime, sad. Lifetime greenlit that, and then Netflix bought it out from them, which is like, why? I was sad. I don't know what to tell you, because one thing about Lifetime is they will actually commit murder. And Hallmark won't do that, but they need to start doing that. Wait, have you seen <laughs> that one Lifetime movie with um the girl who played, what was her name, Blair in um, Gossip Girl? No. Oh, no, it's pretty bad. Let me look it up really quickly because she basically, it's another like obsession stalker movie. She basically tries to become her roommate like in college. It's its a weird Ooh. little movie. Hold you know, on. I'll tune into that because the most recent Lifetime movie I watched 
Well, not the most, most recent. We're not going to get into that one. But the most second most recent one I watched was... Um, uh, I can't remember the, the name. Roomie. It's Leighton Meester is the girl I'm thinking of. And it's uh, The Roomie. It's crazy. Um, Do you... You know what? I'm not. I don't. Gonna get it. Okay, I. We're not gonna get into that. Yeah, I have like Ew. audio, auto, auto. No, you called. don't have anything. You just can't <laughs> say these things properly. Um. Anyway. Um. So the the crazy thing, um, about the characters is that they're all quite lovable. It's actually crazy. Except okay, for Aaron. Except for Aaron. So, um, me and my sister talked about this in depth because, um, for. I'd say the past five years, I have had one book character who I hated so viscerally. Like, every time she would come on on a page, this series is still going. I don't know if you've talked about it yet, no. but okay. So, love it, though. But every time she's mentioned, every time she comes on screen, I have, like, palpitation, like, heart palpitations. Like, I hate her so much. I never thought she would be dethroned as the queen of of evildom or whatever i was gonna say there she is awful aaron eclipsed her he took her throne he pushed her to the floor it was like watching game of thrones to be honest like it was just it was a fight to the death for the iron throne like yeah i mean it's really wild but we're gonna we definitely like I have, like, a list of the characters that we're going to run through, so we're just going to go through those really quickly and just kind of give our thoughts. Because I feel like as we give our thoughts, we'll get into most of the book plot and then, you know, cover most of the things that need to be covered. Okay, so the first character we are going to go over right now is Anastasia. We're just going to call her Anastasia with an A sound, like in the movie, Anastasia. Okay. Um... Because I don't want to confuse anyone by calling her Anastasia. Because that's weird. <laughs> it's not weird. That's how a lot of people pronounce their name. Okay, but that's not how we're gonna pronounce. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off with her because she's our main lead. And oh, I guess another thing I should point out really quickly before we get to that. So this book is told from dual perspectives. So you love get me a good dual perspective. We get Anastasia, and then we also get Nate. I love which, seeing a man pine. By the way. His name, he goes by Nate sometimes, or Nathan, or Nathaniel on very rare occasions when his father shows up in the book. So, like, we we might call him lots of different things. You just gotta... Oh, so Nate can go by many names, but uh, Stasi can't. Because that's dumb. Why would... (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So we might call him Nate, we might call him Nathan. It just depends. Um, Can I call her Annie? Yeah. I guess, if that's really what you want to do with your life. Okay, because I'm going to forget not to call her Stassi, because that's what I called her. The that's one of time. the ugliest things I've ever heard. I just, <laughs> like, I actually can't get over Stassi. So See, because here's the thing. You're so the, serious. Thing, oh my viewers. gosh. I read the book as either Stacy or Stassi, because it's spelled S-T-A-S-S-I-E. One of the weirdest ways I've ever seen a, a nickname for Anastasia spelled. All right. Correct, yeah. Never seen that before. So when I came across it, I was like, are they calling this woman Stassi? And I was like, that can't be right. That can't be right. So then I was like, oh, well, her name is Anastasia. They must be calling her Stacy with two S's for some strange reason. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows if that's correct? I did not look up a pronunciation guide and I'm not going to. This book is not worth that to me. <laughs> 
Um, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. It quite literally is not something that Tolkien wrote. So why would you even give like the energy for it? Correct. You're... Facts. But I mean, I don't put any energy into what Tolkien wrote either. <laughs> I use those books to fall asleep too. That's real. Um, but anyway, okay. So Stacy, I had mixed feelings on her. She was really? the, she was the one character where I was like, I like her, but like, Aaron was a hard no for me. <laughs> Nate Hardy, yes. Oh yeah. Stacy, I flip flopped on to uh, different parts where I was like, I like her, but you know, because mm-hmm. it was like she's pretty. Good. And she's very, very well written. Like one thing about this book, these characters complex, human. very oh. developed, very well rounded. I like that aspect of it. But for me, a lot of the times when she would get upset about things and like I get it, I guess, in the way of like sometimes humans are irrational and we just like do things that like maybe other people wouldn't understand or wouldn't get. But I was just like she would do things and I'd be like, girl, why? Like, you, what's the purpose? What's you, the reason? That's fair. Like, and, and the other thing is, like, I have very little patience for people. (laughs) Understatement. So, so, like, she would do things that, like, clearly demonstrated that she's willing to give people a chance. And I was like, oh, you're one of those type of people. Because it couldn't be me. I don't get played like that because it couldn't be me, personally. Like, that's, that's really where I was at for some parts of the book, especially with her. Especially her with her interactions with Aaron, where she was, like, willing to give him chances. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, at one point in the book, when Aaron comes in and he's like, Nathan broke my arm and he can't play on the hockey team anymore. And she was really, like, hurt. She was like, you broke your promise to me. You did. You promised me that you wouldn't touch him or whatever. And then you broke his arm. And it's like, please think critically. Why would he even like, what's the part? Like, why would he do that? What reason would he have to do that when he's literally done nothing, but try to get like, I don't want to say get in her pants because that like downplays the actual, like real emotional connection he has for her. But like, why would he deliberately go behind your back and hurt someone that you've demonstrated that you care about when like, he's, when he's trying to be with you, I mm, guess. Like, yeah. it just, that didn't make sense to me. So it was just like, why? So, like, I don't know. But I had a lot of moments where I, like, flip-flopped on her. I understand that. I think for me, the times in the beginning of the book where she was kind of being wish wishy-washy, sorry, wishy-washy on Nate made a little sense in the context of like time because a lot of time passed for this during the book because it was a little over a little under two semesters of college for them yeah but most of what you see is from the first semester like the majority of the book I'd say like 75 percent is from that first semester and then like there's a good chunk of their Christmas break and then like there's a then the like after the second semester is like pretty quickly gone through just because there's like a few like longer scenes but there's just fewer scenes from that second semester but yeah um and yeah like uh I guess this is like a little bit of a critique for the book although I wouldn't even say it's a critique because I enjoyed the pacing a lot at times it was hard to distinguish that significant time had passed Mm -hmm. in their relationship because it felt very fluid. It felt like, oh, things are happening super fast. Even though really it would be like a week 
between some of the events or like two weeks or three weeks and so on and so forth. Yeah, that is fair. Distinguishing time was like a little bit of like a where am I in a timeline, but also like it didn't feel like it needed a timeline. I do get what you're saying. Like I I wouldn't change it, but I could see how that would affect how you feel about certain characters because I feel like in my opinion, almost from the beginning, Nate was all in, whether it was just trying to be friends with, uh, (laughs) I was about to say Stassi, whether it was trying to be friends with Annie or whether it was trying to be in a relationship with her, because I feel like even from like when they were like, oh, we're going to be friends with benefits, he wanted a real relationship. Oh yeah. He you can see from You can see from his perspective that he's like, I know she's the one, so I'm going to do this little friends with benefits thing now and see if I can like get further with her, but I'll take any time I can get. He yeah. was like the vibe. That was. that vibe. Oh, uh, when he was like, I will just take whatever time I can get with her. I was Bro, like, yes, you're, you're moving a on from Anastasia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Her, I'm sorry. Really. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, that's, right. that's my other thing was like, this book made me love Nate so much. Yeah. And I didn't feel quite that same connection with Anastasia. Cause it was like, I felt a lot of sympathy for her. I felt a lot of empathy for her situation from like, the whole um, wanting to be an Olympic pro skater and, like, the pressure she had, not placed on her by her parents, but the pressure she felt internally to perform for her parents. And, like, I felt, like, like her living situation, everything, I felt a lot for her. Like, I had a lot of empathy for her mm-hmm. as a character. Yeah. But I also was, like, when's my next Nathan chapter? Like, no, a lot of the time, I was just, like, I want to see him because you can feel how much he loves her on each page. And you're like, this is the romance book that I want. Like, this is this is what I want. It's satisfying to the soul to see how much he's willing to do and, like, put up with for her. You know what? Because he does have to put up with <laughs> He it. does have to put up with a lot. But it's worth it. And, okay, here here's how I feel about, feel about that. I feel like you're so right that every chapter you're like, oh, when am I going to get Nate again? However, I think that if you go in wanting to watch a character really fall in love, like really fall in love, Annie is that character, okay? Because Nate, like we said, Nate from Jump was in it. He Mm. felt everything and was down for her and was just like so ready for whatever came with her baggage or romance or whatever, whatever, whatever. She needed time because her whole like life experience up leading up to this point was very well like done. Like I really felt like I understood who she was like from childhood to college age to like falling in love like I understood every like piece of her character and how it all uh came together um but yeah so she she took some convincing and I think if you want to watch a character take some convincing especially not a non-male character because one thing I will say about Annie is that she is the one in the relationship who wants a non-committal friends with benefits with every guy she hangs out with in the book in any type of i wouldn't say romantic i would say sexual sexual, yeah uh any type of sexual capacity she is the one who's distant she is the one who is not 
uh, trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. She's just, she's, it's not what she wants. Yeah. And I will say what I liked about this one. And that's so rare in romance novels is like when you get that, like, um, grumpy and like happy mix because yes. like a good like grumpy, grumpy to sunshine, sunshine. Oh. Per, like trope right it's usually the male is grumpy the female is the sunshiny one and she brings his walls down but this book flipped that so she's more of the like grumpy one and nate is definitely more of your sunshiny character where he tries to bring a positive attitude into everything and he tries to like um he tries to like keep that balance and keep that levity in the book which I enjoyed a lot and she's more of like the one whose walls have to come down so that she can accept that and the other thing is I find that like really cool because also even though Nate is all in from like day one we learned that like he's never been in a committed relationship prior to her like he just found her and he was like I want to be in a committed relationship with her. Not because he's always been the type of person to want a girlfriend. Like, he really wasn't. He was the type of person to, like... I don't want to say... I, I'm trying, like, not to stereotype him, but, like... He was very casual. Yeah, he was a very casual guy. Like, if you're thinking solely on stereotypes, he fits that jock stereotype of, like, I'm going to be casual, get with the girl, move on. Um... And, but, like, then he was, he saw her and he was just like, okay, she's the one I want to be in a relationship with. And he settled down. And she saw him and she was like, even though I might really, really like this guy, I still don't like commitment. I still don't want that. And so, you know, she made choices for herself and he respected her boundaries incredibly well, which, like, their chemistry was so good. Oh, my goodness. Their chemistry was crazy. Oh, okay. So, another big thing for me about her that I feel like, isn't typical for a romance book, especially this type of romance book, is that she was definitely more intense with her sport. I feel like typically um, for a sports romance book, the guy is just like all in with his sport. And either the girl plays the sport herself but isn't as committed, or she coaches now on a more minor league, or she's not even in the sports world and isn't super committed to her own job as is. Like, she doesn't have the passion and the drive that the male lead or um, some of the male characters in the book do. She, for sure, had more drive, more passion. She was more willing to do whatever it took. And I really liked seeing... I don't know if I'd say she was more willing to do whatever it took because, like, I would say he had that same, like passion for it but there were times when he had to rediscover that passion for it because like when he gets kicked off the team and then he comes back he was like this is really what I know I meant to do like mm -hmm. it was like I love her and I've had a great time being with her because for a, a tiny little sliver yeah. <laughs> portion of the book he mm. switches sports so that he can help her train while Aaron's out on his injury I meant to say this earlier but I do like before we like really move on I want to say that the blurb tells you almost none of the plot for this book yeah the blurb, the blurb was very misleading because like i didn't read the blurb before i started the book i just went ahead and got the book because my sister had recommended it to me and so it was like okay cool and then halfway through i was like you know what i guess i should like read the blurb because i don't know where the plot's going like there was a portion where i was like this is getting a little repetitive maybe i should just like see what's going to happen and then it was like 
yeah, he's going to switch his hockey stick out for tights. And I was like, wait, what? This is a book where he, I was like, this is the trope where he switches sports? That's not even, well, they have no indication of that until like well after the halfway mark of the book. It was giving, (laughs) I don't know if you all will get this reference, but like if you watched the Dune trailer and Zendaya was all over that trailer, but then you watched the movie and she was like in five minutes of that movie, that's what the blurb was giving. That's Uh, like... It was giving Beyonce an epic. (laughs) Yes, where she was in it for 15 minutes and then died and everybody paid for those tickets just to see her. Not giving... Why can't I think of his name? Was it Nick Cannon in Stomp the Yard who got killed? <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking Chris Brown in Stomp the Yard. Chris Brown's not in Stomp the Yard. I hope not. Hold on. Chris Brown's not in Stomp the Yard. Regardless. I'm pretty sure it's Nick Cannon. Um, regardless. So there's this tiny little sliver of the book where he switches sports and then he comes back to hockey. And, like, you can see his passion for hockey. I think, though, that the author just didn't want to include as much hockey stuff. Like, this book focuses... A, a very like a little amount of attention on the actual sports either of them play like you get to see the behind the scenes of them training you get to see the behind yeah. the scenes of them like um you know weightlifting and stretching and all that stuff but you get very little time of them actually on the ice doing the sports until he switches sports like you don't get to see a whole lot of the actual hockey interplay and I think maybe the author just didn't want to like do hockey research or like dedicate time to the hockey play because it's not about that it's about the romance and this book heavily focuses on that so I think you know that that's part of it but I would say he still has that passion he still has that drive it's just less focused on for him than it is for her because like he's focused on like helping her reach her potential so much and that's one thing about Nate is like he's very focused on helping everyone like his That's his focus baby. because it's a team sport i think it diffuses more yes. so for him it's yes. like he's willing to do whatever it takes to make the team great rather than just like where anastasia has to be good enough to keep herself on the ice and keep herself in the spotlight so it's, I think that's where that difference comes in. Yeah, because Nate definitely relies on his team, and it shows, because when we start talking about more of the other characters yeah. and, like, the relationships they all have with each other, you'll, like, kind of understand that, like, he does heavily rely on his boys. Like, that's his family. But up until this point, um, Annie hasn't really had anybody in her college experience besides her two best friends and Aaron. I'm not going to consider him one of her best friends, even though she continuously says that, like, that is one of her closest relationships until things really, like, hit the fan for her. I'd say between the 75%. It was, sorry, not to, like, interrupt that, but I am going to interrupt. It was Chris Brown who was killed at the, like, five-minute mark of Stomp the Yard. You know what? I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Not people on Twitter when Chris Brown died and stopped the yard. I cried for six minutes and left the theater. (laughs) That's crazy. Why? It's Chris Brown. He wasn't going to add anything to the film. I don't even know if that man can act. Well, no, I do. But let me shut up. He's not good in this Christmas as far as I remember. That's the only thing I've seen him in. That's not what I was talking about. But we're going to shut up and not talk about that because I'm not trying to piss anybody off. But, um... (laughs) um so i'm sorry i like completely we were talking about how he relies on his teammates (laughs) yes he relies on his teammates and um annie cannot do that because okay so um one thing about annie is she's an only child um everybody else around her i'm pretty sure almost everybody else around her 
has large families. Um, because one thing I love Nate about this Nate does not girl, have a large okay, family. Okay, but he but at least he has his sister. Have a sister. Yeah, he at least has his sister. But, like, everybody else around her and her friend group mostly at least has one other person in their family. Bobby Annie might be an only child. Who? Robbie. I thought Robbie had family but i'm not i'm he has a supportive family but i don't think he has other siblings i think it's just him and his parents but like because nate is with their family all the time they're yeah. like brothers yeah okay sorry right. sorry no, to interrupt right. again. no you're right you're right you're right but yeah, um most but of yeah. them do have she was very isolated as a child she was a orphan who got adopted was she an orphan or she, was um, she just adopted she was just adopted as far as i know Okay. So she was adopted and her parents were incredibly loving and supportive and wanted to do everything they could for her. Um, but mentally, she put a lot of pressure on herself because she felt like, I have to perform in order to stay in this house. Um, which I don't really... It wasn't like to stay in the house, but it was just like, because they've done so much. No, it was just like, because they've done so much for me, I want to give back to them and be the best I can be for them. It wasn't like she thought she was going to get kicked out if she didn't perform, but it was like, I don't want to let them down because they've been so supportive. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, her parents were incredibly loving, supportive, kind. They just wanted the best for their daughter. They loved her. But I could tell from her perspective that her childhood was very isolating even though she was in a sport i will okay even though her sport her particular like subset of figure skating was pair skating should be less isolating than uh, single skate to me it did not feel like she felt that way to me it felt like she felt like incredibly alone throughout every performance she did every time she was on the ice i got this feeling that she felt like everything was on her every piece of her routine she had to be perfect she couldn't rely on Aaron and I don't think that was just Aaron I think if she had if we had explored some of her skating with her past partner who was an ex-boyfriend she would have also felt that same like way that same isolated feeling um and so it's interesting that she didn't really have anybody. She had her two friends, Ryan and uh, Bryn, and it took Nate being her sunshine and getting her to come out of her shell. Um, and then Nate had this sport where he was surrounded by family. You know, his parents, well, his dad, I'm not going to say his parents, his mom was incredibly supportive, but his dad was the worst. His dad was emotionally abusive. His dad was not a good person. And being at home was isolating, but being with his team felt like family. And so he still had things that uh, Annie didn't in terms of like, I don't know, that emotional maturity in terms of, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, Yeah, well, just like he was able to rely on those other other people. people. And so like you see that come through in the way he like expresses himself and in the way that like he shows his passion for his sport because he's able to like get off the ice and leave that kind of there and just like be with his family essentially whereas she like gets off the ice and she's like everything relies on me being the best at my sport whereas he like comes off and he's like checking in with his players and he's the team captain so like you know that's part of part of the job but he's also like he's He's literally, like, the dad of their family. So I guess yes. I guess we should talk about the other hockey players. Because I feel like we've talked about, like, Annie and Nate for a solid amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll come through in other things we talk about. But oh, so sure. the other the other players 
are some of my favorite characters. I really, I really like the background characters because they make that like they make it feel so whole and so real. They bring a lot of depth to the story. Oh, for so sure. the characters we have are Robbie, who is Nate's childhood best friend. They live in the same house together, um, and we have Henry. He also lives in the house. He's the, like, he's not the youngest on the team. No, he is. Okay, he is the youngest on the team. I wasn't sure. But he, he yeah, he's, like, younger. He's... Well, him and, um... Maybe. We'll get to him. Okay. But, okay, so, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the youngest on the team. He lives in the same house as Nate and Robbie. Um... And then JJ is their final housemate. He's the same age as Robbie and Nate. They're both, they're seniors. Um, and Henry is a freshman. And so that's like the people who the kind of core four who live in the house. So you see the most of the guys on the team. And then we have Russ, who Eden was just mentioning, uh, Muffin. He is called in the book. And he is... Um, he's a catalyst for things in the book, but also he's so cute. Like, really love him. Muffin um, was an appropriate nickname. Yeah. And, like, we don't see him too, too often, but his scenes are literally perfect. And then um, we have Bobby, Chris, and some other guys. What is, there was another one. Because there's a whole section of them, like, in a group. They have a group chat that you get to see that's, like, really good. Um, right now I can't remember. I just remember Bobby and Chris and, um, yeah. So anyway, there's, there's a few more, um, they're less important to the story, but they all have fun. They're all pretty good characters. Um, and that's like the hockey team. Yeah, that's the hockey team. Um, those are the people on, um, Nate's side that are really supportive. And then on, um, Stassi's side, um. Please stop calling her that. (laughs) On Annie's side is um, Bryn, who is her girl best friend, um, who... Who We might also call Sabrina. That's her full name. Yes. And uh, one thing I do want to mention before I, like, go any further... No, no, Just just say the next name, because we're going to get to their personality traits and their characters in just a moment. Okay. And then um, her guy best friend and her original friends with benefits, Ryan. Um, Because Ryan and um, Annie start the book out in a sexual relationship. Um, which is kind of fun to see her, Ryan, and Nate navigate that for about, like, three chapters or so. They don't really... There isn't too much on it, but it's, like, a fun exploration of who Nate is as a character, who Ryan is as a character, because I believe Ryan's going to get his own book later on, and um, who... Uh, Annie is as a character. So it's it's really So that's a fun little relationship. And, um... So I think let's start at the very beginning. So let's start with Robbie. Okay. So Robbie, like I said, is Nate's childhood best friend. And he got into a accident. Um, at yeah, a, ski- a skiing accident, I believe it was. Yes, when he was a child Nate's at Nate's father's, father's resort, ski resort. Yeah. Um, and Nate's father was completely awful about the whole thing. He wouldn't like pay the insurance even though he was liable for what happened regardless Robbie uses a wheelchair and so he's not technically like 
a field player on the hockey team, but he is their manager slash assistant coach. Um, and so he's like, he's a big part of the team and like, he's so fun. He's so cool. Um, I guess I also forgot to mention the coaches. We'll get to them at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, so Robbie's really fun. Like he's such a like fun personality. I like him a lot. Like he's so, he's, he's so fun. So he is also like in a relationship with, uh, Sabrina or Bryn, who's, uh, Annie's best friend. And so, like, they have a super cute relationship. They get together super quickly, just, like, at one of the random parties that happens. So that was, like, seeing their relationship grow was a lot of fun. And I hope they get their own book because I I would love to see more from them. It would be criminal if they didn't get a book. (laughs) Yeah. They're so, like, they're so fun together and they have, like, such great moments in the book. Um, And then, okay... Like, there's not a whole lot to say about Robbie because I feel like she is saving his material for his own book. Yeah. Um, for so we sure. don't get to see a whole lot of like his moments. Also, he's like super mature and just like a good person. So he like is one of the people I would who say like keeps Nate very sane. He's the grandfather of the friend group. And and, and this will make sense as like we start to call out characters and how they fit. But Robbie feels like almost like a father figure to Nate. And You'll I would call him, like, an older brother rather than a father figure. Like, I would put him more of, like, yeah, I'd put him at more of, like, an older brother or, like, older cousin or something type of mentor where, like, he definitely is a mentor to Nate, but I wouldn't call him, like, a father figure just because they both, like, play around with each yes, other a lot. Like, yeah, they definitely right. have, like, a... They don't have, like, a father-son. Yeah, like, they bond. definitely have a more brother, like, older brother, younger brother relationship. So, what like, even though Nate is, like, the same one on the team who, like, it takes the responsibility for things and who has that maturity on the team. Robbie's still above him in that. And you can tell he, you can tell he is a coach. You can tell he's the yeah. assistant coach. He's meant, he's, he's meant, meant to have to that lead. job. Yes. He is yeah. a leader. So like that, like that's a really cool uh, relationship dynamic that I think you get to see really well in the book. Um, so next we're going to go to JJ because I feel like we should do the younger boys together. Yeah. So JJ, yes. his name is Jaden Johal. That's my baby. He's so sexy. <laughs> that is sex on a stick right there. Like that man became truly one of my new book husbands. Like Real. book boyfriend, book side piece for life. Like that's kind of my man. Um, he's so fun. So he is Indian, correct? I believe so. Or maybe Pakistani. Yeah. I can't, I can't quite remember. We read this book in November. Oh God. So (laughs) yeah, it's been a hot minute since we read the book. So, um, and I literally read that within like the span of maybe 24 hours. Like it was like one and done for me. Yeah. She read it very quickly. I read it over a a good like three or four days not because it's a long book but because i didn't want it to end that is so and real then, yeah the, we'll get to the reading experience at the end because like oh my goodness how much time have we spent oh my goodness 55 minutes all right anyway this could be a season finale <laughs> so nah, long episode this, this is or gonna two-parter. be it's not gonna be two-parter we're gonna get through this quickly okay. we're just we're just gonna go through it but we'll see. um yeah so anyway Jaden. Very sexy man. He is pansexual. He has so completely supportive parents in his um, sexual identity. He's great. He's very proud about that. This man really got flowers. Okay, uh, no, because one of the sexiest moments of the book. Literally, because 
I think I literally was sitting there like Nate can't do anything more to become like the sexiest man alive. That's what I'm saying. So Nate is one of those people who's like firmly a believer in the like you gotta kiss the, the homies. homies. Kiss the homies, Because, guys. like, how else are they gonna know that you love them in the most, like, platonic but also, like, supportive familial way possible if you don't show them actual physical affection? I want you guys to know that if you cannot imagine the male character of, his, of the book you're reading kissing his best friend on the forehead or the cheek or even just giving him the longest, most, like, loving and supportive hug of ever, then that's not a real man. Sorry. Facts. Like, Nate, oh my goodness, he's he's so good. So, yeah, Nate literally buys Jaden flowers because Jaden was all sad, JJ. He was all sad. He was, like, because he was, Nate was buying uh, Anastasia flowers for, like, Valentine's Day or something. And he was, like, Jaden was like, no one ever gets me flowers. And they literally bought him a bouquet. And it was so cute. It was one of my favorite moments of the book. Quite powerful. Um, And he's like a prankster. So like his whole thing is that he just likes like ruining Nate's life. Like he just likes. He likes to piss him off. Yeah. He just loves messing with him and like psychologically torturing the man. And And, it's really great. It's really funny because he and Annie gang up on Nate throughout the book and it's those are the, like the funniest scenes. Yeah, because um Annie actually also is a bit of a prankster. She likes getting on people's nerves, especially Nate's because he's just so easy to mess with. And so her and JJ form a bond because they just start messing with him. Yeah. And, and they also cook together, yes. so that's one of the other like fun things was like when Annie starts like changing her diet to get out from under like the diet that Aaron gave her like she cooks with the guys in the house to like help her not feel so um like bad about eating the foods and everything so like once she makes it she's like okay I can eat it you know she sees like all of what's going into it and so he cooks with her a lot and like they cook all types of different foods so she gets to try foods from all types of different cultures it's super super cool it's really fun um i really love their relationship and also i'm very excited for jj's book because i believe he's also getting a book they do tease at the end of this one that he finds a partner so i'm I'm so excited who is non-binary and i just i think that is so like you guys don't even understand like i think that is so amazing that she's willing to write from different cultures and, you know, races and ethnicities and, um, what, like, uh, disabilities and, and sexualities. It's just so, and she did JJ so well. I really felt like, oh my God, this is a truly like pansexual man. (laughs) Yes. Um, so so, yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, JJ's partner, uh, written on screen. Like I, I'm stoked. So that's fun hopefully we'll get to see more of that in the future so moving on to our final guy in the house and we're probably also going to include russ here is henry he's the baby boy of the group he's literally like a child he's literally he's so cute but also bagging chicks left right and center like this man has game like actual riz through the roof like that man literally he just walk into a room and every single one of the most hot like junior i mean not even junior like junior and senior girls he was a freshman 
walking into college parties, bagging juniors and seniors. Yeah, and like okay. without trying, without <laughs> trying, like he's actually and he's super super sweet and like really mm-hmm. protective of Anastasia. So he's like her little brother kind of, but like also like she would totally date him. Yes. Um. So like and had said it to Nate's face. That's, oh yeah, because literally at one point like Nate. Um, cockblocks Henry and Henry was literally like stop me from getting a woman again and I'll take your girl and, and she was Anna like was literally like oh no he could do it <laughs> he has all the ability to take me from you right now <laughs> so like yeah and it's he's so fun like he's he's clearly the youngest and he clearly is like a little socially awkward um mm, I wouldn't say a little yeah he I mean he's he's socially awkward um probably i would say on the somewhere on the spectrum yeah yeah. um so like that is another cool like perspective thing that you get to see of like just a different um way of thinking and everything and like he's just so sweet and like you would you would like it's not that he's got like this innocence but he's just got this like just like this way that he looks at life where he doesn't I don't because he's he's not innocent like that that's not yeah, the word I'm trying to say like innocent, I don't want to infantilize him naive he is just he he's he just like <laughs> sees life for what it is he's 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 an optimist but he's also a realist yeah and if anyone of you get that reference I feel bad for you but he so he certainly <laughs> is though like and he's so protective of Annie, and it's just, like, so, like, genuinely good to see, because, like, even if she has problems with Nate, like, mm-hmm. she'll just hang out with Henry, and and he'll be like... Oh, that's something I love about they this They have book, a great friendship. Is literally all of the guys are willing to not... What's the word I'm looking for? They don't really pick sides. Like, if Nate yeah. does something wrong... They're going to stick by Annie. It's not like a boys club. They're like, that's yeah. my girl. Like, 100%. Literally, they'll be like, Nate, that was like stupid and you shouldn't have done that. And he'll be like, you know what? Y'all are right. Or if like Annie is like unwilling to listen to Nate, they'll go out of their way to try to like help Nate find a way to connect with her again mm-hmm. or like to get her to kind of let her guard down again so that she can listen. And so like, it's so nice to see them be supportive from both sides um and i love that about that you're right like i this book is so good so i love that they're just like healthy platonic relationships yeah and i think there should be more of that in romance yeah and okay one thing is too like annie stays at the house a lot and like none of the guys make it uncomfortable like she's basically her and Sabrina move in for a while because of things that Aaron did and like said. And so like the guys accommodate her, but they don't like make it weird. Like it's, it's just very natural of like, we all have like male friends. If you're a female that you could go, you know, stay with and they would just be like normal about it, you know? And so like, I just love that about that too. Like Mm -hmm. that they don't, it like no one ever calls it out. No one's ever like, Wow, we have a girl staying here. Like it's not anything it's, yeah, it's exceptional. Not like they're just normal people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so also the other baby on the team is Russ. And so basically he's the reason that the hockey rink got destroyed inadvertently. It's his fault. Like it's it's not really his fault, but it it is because of circumstances that he caused, I suppose. Honestly, so, like, I feel like it was even out of his hands. Like Yeah. So basically he like dated this girl from one of their rival schools, but turns out the girl had a boyfriend who'd gotten her pregnant, but the girl's brother thought that Russ got her pregnant so he came and destroyed the hockey rink which was all a convoluted way of basically saying that this girl was out here lying and scamming on people <laughs> um anyway so yeah but he's a baby and he though. feels <laughs> he feels so bad about it and like oh, i just feel sick. he shouldn't like, feel bad about it but you can tell that so russ came from a household that was either yeah. emotionally abusive physically abusive, i'm pretty sure it's physical or all of the above probably yeah. all of the above but. yeah so like russ does definitely come from like a troubled background um and they do make that clear and i'm hoping we get a book for him as well I because like i would love will. to see him get more developed we only see a few scenes of him but like he's so endearing so quickly and he's also like he's also like henry and that he's very protective of anastasia but he's also like very loyal to nate because he knows that nate has like protected him like nate is his his dad this whole thing is yeah he's like basically the father of the team like we said so like he's very protective of both henry and russ and so like throughout the whole book he takes like several steps to protect them from like getting into like real situations where they could really be in trouble yeah and so like with the whole rush situation like he took the fall for the rink being um destroyed and like he literally protected rush from it and at the detriment to himself and at the start of the book to the detriment of his relationship with uh stacy and so like it's just i don't know he's he's such a protective guy and you can tell that it like flows into his um teammates because like they and Russ all... encounters, like, Stacey at different times, and he shows that same, like, level of caring and empathy for her, which I really like, because it's not that jock stereotype of, like, just, like, gross, grimy guys on the sports team. Yeah, and I mean, legitimately, if you went to a high school and you had a decently good experience, I'm not going to say every high school, but at least for my high school, my sister's high school, we went to two separate high schools, so our experiences are slightly different, but not too bad. Um, jocks... Um, like clicks felt more fluid your friend group wasn't super strict it wasn't that like 80s heathers like mean girls like you stick with your posse type of situation so it was nice to see even sport to sport people hanging out that you wouldn't normally see hang out in other types of sports media um or like a college romance uh type book yeah and um and then the other thing i wanted to say before i forget it because i will forget um is that the family dynamic between the friend group so like we said robbie is kind of giving nate's older brother nate is giving the dad at some point i'm pretty sure they even say that um annie and nate are mom and dad like they yeah they they, like do a whole thing where they like play house so they're mom and dad of the house yes and then okay so nate and russ are their babies russ is their little wayward son i would say he's their prodigal son i freaking love that show (laughs) um um and okay so and jj is like the chaotic middle child yes yes and then there's the other boys on the team so i'm just gonna like quickly read this quote if that's cool sure um so like we said there's this like text conversation which is where most 
likely will see the guy's personalities kind of come through in uh, the book. Um, but so it's between Bobby Hughes, JJ and Chris Hudson and Bobby Hughes goes, not been this stressed since I found out that condoms aren't a hundred percent effective. JJ says, excuse me, what was that now? Chris goes, how are we supposed to play without a captain? And JJ goes, no, let's move past, let's not move past the condom thing. And it's just like the way that their dynamic is just so familial, so caring. And then they just are like, they're, they're just, they're brothers and they are so, they're all a bunch of idiot himbos. And that's like the only character I care about when it comes to men. Yeah, <laughs> Characterization, so I mean, not character. That's, they're, they're really fun. So then the other characters that we're going to get into because we're going to get through the character stuff really quickly and then kind of do a little like what we liked the most, what we didn't like, and then wrap it up. Um, so other characters, Sabrina, again, she is with Robbie. For Sabrina, she was like a female that I could see really carrying a book because like she is so strong and outspoken, which is not to say that like every female character has to be like that or like that every female lead needs to be like that. But like if she did get a book, you could really carry it. She yeah. was not strong and outspoken. Yeah. She was a crybaby. And that was fun. I mean, Annie is strong and outspoken right, at actually. moments. Like, she's definitely, she has her moments where she's like, I'm not going to stand for this. And she really does stand up for herself. But she also has those moments where she allows herself to break down and she allows herself to cry and she allows her, herself to be human, which is, like, really great. Whereas, like, with Sabrina, I think definitely from, like, the perspective you see just of this book, you only see the moments where Annie is, like, leaning on Sabrina for support. And so Sabrina is that rock, and she is always kind of a constant, steady, fierce, protective person. But, like, Sabrina is definitely, like, a mama bear personality, and I love to see that. Um, And she is—oh, my goodness, what's her ethnicity? She is from um, that country that was on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> That's not helpful. I know. I know. It's... Um, Malaysia. No. No. Not Malaysia. She's not Malaysia. She, it's an African country. Uh, yeah. Something she's like, somewhere like North Africa, I think. It's not Angola. Something with an A. It's Algeria. With, Algeria. She's Algerian. Yes, she's yes. Algerian. Yeah. Um, she's uh, Muslim and um, she has like seven brothers, I think. Yeah. Seven so, brothers. Yeah. And they're, they live in New York. And so... Like, that's, you get to see her moments of, like, interacting with them, too. And, like, it's really fun. She's a really fun character. She brings a lot of life and personality. And she also helps uh, Anastasia stay, like, sane a lot of the times. Where, like, Annie will want to do something ridiculous. And Sabrina will be like, babes, please Stop. not do that. Yeah. Um, it literally, Sabrina is a buffer between Aaron and Annie. Because, um, so Aaron um pays for their apartment. Uh Sabrina has money. She comes from a family with money, but Annie pretty much her parents spend all of their money. She's not poor, but she's middle class and that's practic- practically poor. And her parents spend all of the, her their money trying to get her through skating. And so Erin is very wealthy and kind of pays her way throughout the book. And he holds that over her head a lot and he pays for their apartment. And it's a three-bedroom in L.A., so you know that's expensive. And um, literally, Sabrina is the middle room. Like, she is the room in between Annie and Aaron because... I'm right, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Sorry. Um, Because she 
literally has to keep the peace in their relationship, even from when they were freshmen all the way to, they're now in their junior year. So they're a year younger than Nate and the uh, Robbie and JJ. Um, and so Sabrina really, 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 I feel like this may come up in her book where she has to kind of deal with being that, like, that support and that, um, you know, that person that keeps everybody together. Um, so I'm hoping they explore that in her book. But that's just to say that Sabrina is not to be messed with. She's not to be trifled with. She is not the one. She is not the two. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely, she definitely like puts people in their place because like with Nate, when he does something, she'll be like, Nate, you're dumb. Like, don't do that again. Yeah. Or with Annie, she'll be like, Annie, you're dumb. Don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Or even with Robbie, she'll be like, be for real. Yeah. She'll just be like, I'm not going to take that from you. Don't do it again. Like, she's very much, she, like, holds it down. And she really, I feel like she really grounds the book mm. in that, like, she is able to be like, this fight is stupid. And, like, as a reader, sometimes you get like that where you're like, this is a dumb miscommunication. Especially when you're reading from both perspectives and yes. you're like, if they would simply speak to each other. And Sabrina is the one who's like you two need to just communicate. Like, stop being like this. And it's really, it's like a refreshing thing to see because you don't see that a whole lot in romance because miscommunication is one of the major things that carries a plot in most romance books. So, (laughs) yeah. So, like, that's really nice. Um, Not a whole lot more to say about Sabrina. Again, like, Robbie, I feel like she's going... They're holding off on her character for a separate book. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, And then... Ryan. Ryan. Ethan likes Ryan more than I do. Like, Ryan was cool, but he didn't really, like, carry anything for me, personally. Like, he was cool. Like, I liked him. It's crazy because you have... you. I have a boy... I have two boy best friends. You have one boy best friend. And, like, I'm amazed that you didn't see that, like, connection, like, that he had with Anna. No, no, I, I saw it. It just was, like, you know, Ryan's cool. I didn't, like, I was just ready to see the other characters in the book. Like, Ryan was cool, but he wasn't, like, JJ or Henry or, Again, you know, like, one of those characters, I feel like she was holding off developing them for his own book. Because he also had a romantic partner who Bryn did not like. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think will be really fun later. But It's I, not that she, like, even just, like, doesn't like her as a person. It's just, like, that's her nemesis in, like, school-related things. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, oh, she's valedictorian, and I'm trying to be valedictorian, essentially, <laughs> within their, like, uh, program. But um, I liked Ryan a lot because I liked the fact that um, Annie had a sexual relationship with this guy, and one of my favorite Nate quotes, Nate moments, honestly, was the moment that, <laughs> um, was it Nate was just thinking of this or? I don't know. You haven't said the moments. <laughs> Where Nate was like, um, ugh, she shouldn't ever listen to Ryan. And then she was like, yeah, Ryan said that I should listen to you more often. And then Nate was like, Ryan is a stand-up guy. Love oh, that yeah. dude. <laughs> he was like... Ew, Ryan's the worst. And then she was like, yeah, Ryan told me that I really, like, oh, yeah, should get with you and we should try and have a relationship. Yeah, and he was like, I should hang out with that Ryan guy more often. He's a good person. Like, we're really close friends. And so Ryan is also, Ryan's a basketball dude. So he's, like, that's something I think that will be interesting to see is, like, how we go from one sport to another mm-hmm. in this series. Which I think was so, actually, the more I think about the fact that we really didn't see them play sports... Mm-hmm. I think that was so smart because there's so many other characters um, because the school is kind of known for like putting people 
through the Olympics, through to the Olympics. Like the people that play sports at this school, the people that learn, I think school, it was sports and acting is kind of what they're known for. Mm -hmm. And so these people went on and had big, great careers. And so I think it'll be interesting because we'll get to see some of the acting students. We'll get to see more other sports besides hockey and figure skating. And I think maybe even they had one friend who was like very lightly mentioned who maybe was even in track. Um, so we may get to see just more. I feel like she did such a good job setting this up as, as a full world. One. Yeah. And I, I'm very excited to see more of this world. Um, also, honorable mention to the coaches, both the figure skating coach and the hockey coach, really fun characters. You get some cool moments with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both like the hockey coach very scary, intimidating better. people. The hockey coach is very fun. Um, I liked the figure skating mostly because she was like... I liked her until the end. No, I even liked her at the end because she was like... she was. I liked that she was thinking about Anastasia's career and she was like, I know what he did. Like, Because at the end... When Anastasia sexually assaulted on national television at the end of their um, little skating match. That shit pissed me off so bad. She was, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I was very angry and I don't condone violence, but I was wishing violence I upon do. a fictional kid. <laughs> I wanted to shoot him. I wanted to kneecap him, but I have to cut all that out. I'm so sorry. We cannot. We do not condone <laughs> violence on this podcast. I don't condone violence. And I violence. don't encourage anyone to take out violent actions against another person. You're right. Sorry. Um, you're so right. Anyway, but okay, so at the end, like, you're you're kind of like, what is the coach doing? But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, I fully understand. Because she was like, Anastasia, I know what he did. I I fully know what happened. And I know that you're hurt right now. But you have to get back out there. And you have to, like, um, go stand up, accept your award, and push through for the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. After that, anything you do, I will support. And, like, mm-hmm. I like that she did that because Nate wouldn't have been the one to push her to get back on the court. She never would have done it if Aaron had said something. And she was too emotional to think about it at that moment. But being able to do that, I think, was to get back on the ice and just, like, push through it as miserable and as upset and as violated as she was showed the judges, you know, and everybody that like she could continue to skate even in the face of something. And like it prepared her for like the the trials of like things to come. And like you have to get back out there, especially like career wise. I think what the coach did was like so powerful for her to be like, I, I know you're hurt and I know what he did is completely unacceptable. And and after these next five minutes, you don't ever have to be in a room with him again, but you have to push through for this. Like, because at first I was like, why would you do that? Like, why would you make her get out there with the person who just sexually assaulted her? Like, why would you do that? But then I was really just like, as a woman, I feel like sometimes we are forced to do those things and we may not want to, we may not like it, but it is kind of the reality of the world in which we live. And so she was like, I know you don't want to, but I also understand your dreams and your goals as a person. And this is going to be able to get you to those dreams and your goals. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, you're probably right. to Annie... 
I'm thinking of this in an emotional, like right now moment. Yes. I still, that's still how I Which is why I think the coach was so real for what she did because she was like, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of your life if you don't make it to the Olympics because of this man. You know what I mean? Whereas like, you are like, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of your life for letting this man take your dreams and goals away from you for something that he did to you, you know? I, I, I won't say that you're wrong. I just, yeah, I just, I still feel emotional about that, like about it, which is crazy because I literally read this book like months ago. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. No, I'm like, I, 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 do, I, I, do I, that, I don't, I, I guess in, at the end of the day, she did what needed to be done. I just will say that because of that, I hold the coach in less regard, the figure skating coach in less regard that, than the hockey coach. Mm. But I can see your perspective on that. I'm not going to deny it. And that's that's that on that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so anyway, moving on. Which, by the way, I guess I... Well, no, never mind. I'm not going to clarify. Um. We're just going to move past what I was about to say. Um. So shout out to them. Shout out to Annie's parents. They were mm-hmm. pretty cool. We they got a scene cute. with them. Um. Shout out to Robbie's parents. We get a scene with them. Mm-hmm. They're pretty cool. Sabrina's dad. Uh, that phone yeah, call was very. He's there for a hot second. Um. So basically, now I just want to kind of like wrap up overall feelings. Any further critiques you had? Because I have some critiques too. Okay. Follow. I think my biggest critique was the third act dragged Mm. yeah i feel like everything that needed to have been said got said much quicker in those first two acts yeah you hit that third act christmas is happening yeah once christmas comes it was just like i didn't need to see them have christmas for the past four chapters yeah that and and Probably for you, it was a lot worse. We've already established in another episode, if you guys remember, that I don't read sex scenes. So, and there were quite a few in this Yeah, book. okay, so that's, that was my biggest critique. So, this book, for any smut lovers out there, this is a book for you. It this is so spicy. has a lot of sex scenes, a lot of smut scenes, okay? They're and very they're, well written. They're very well written. They're not all that same vanilla sex you get in a lot of um, sex scenes. It's not, like, straight erotica either. So, it's, like, a kind of nice middle ground. But I will say, like, the first few times I have sex, you're like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. And then you're like, I've sat through six sex scenes that, like, kind of were unnecessary. And they're all very long. Like, the sex scenes aren't, like, a page or something. Like, there's there was a time where they had sex for three full chapters. Like, and they're, they're, short, really? they're short chapters, granted. But, yes, it, was, <laughs> it, it went from Nate's perspective to Anastasia back to Nate before they climaxed. And I was like, that's, well, not before they climaxed, but before they were done, before, yes. like, the scene ended. Yeah. And I was like, that's great for them. However, for me, I've just sat here through three chapters of the same session. Like, y'all have to be tired. Y'all have to be sweaty. Like, this can't be as fun as you think it is. Like, I don't know. That was just me. I was just like, this feels like it's been going on for a long time. And, like... I just don't know if it would be me like all that. Like, I don't, like, ugh, I don't know about all that. Like, it was a long time. Like, it was a long time. 
three chapters is kind of a lot for one scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's not that having to skip through that they're took all, forever. They're all like the, the chapter. At least the way I was reading, and I read digitally, so my pages might be different than your pages. But, like, they they were, like, average-length chapters. Like, it wasn't like they were short chapters back-to-back. Like, it was, like, a full-length chapter of just the sex Mm. for that, like... And that was just one of the particular times they have sex. Like, they have sex a lot in this book. A lot. A lot. And, like... Sometimes I I tune in... I don't mind sex scenes, personally, but towards the end, I was just like, I know. Like, they have good sex. I don't need to see it again. It was good. Yeah, like... like, the little little bits that I had to skim through, I was like, oh, this is not disgusting to read. I'm just not gonna read it. Certainly. It was definitely some of the better written sex scenes I've read in a long time. So, like, I appreciated it. It just was just, like... A lot. We're going a lot back to the same well of content, And even though they did it different every time, it was still just kind of like, I get it. You're in love. You're having sex. Like, that's great for you. But it felt a little voyeuristic towards the end for me. Mm. And I think that also kind of worsened the pacing to where it was like, okay, so now we have to stop. We have to put everything on hold for three chapters of sex and then come back to what we were talking about. And especially towards the end, because they still have like, they're still having sex towards the end of the book. And you're like, I don't need to see this. We could cut this whole scene out. We could cut out half of the Christmas plot and tighten this up to like it, it needed a six chapters tighter. of that third act yeah. and call that whole thing a day. Yeah. Because there was just a lot of like repetitive, we're in love and we're finally in a committed relationship. But we already knew that that's where they were heading by like chapter 10. Like, we knew that that's where they were going, so that it, it wasn't necessary to reestablish it at the end, I feel like. Because what this book did so well was pining, build-up, and, and execution. Yeah. Yes, yes. And and it's I, I, particularly from a dual perspective, love male pining. That's what I sign up for when I want to see a man's perspective, because I don't want to know their actual thoughts and feelings. But, like... <laughs> But give me, like, ten pages of them waxing poetic about how much they're in love, and I'm just like, period, okay? Like, that's how I feel. And there were so many just cute scenes. Oh, they were so cute. I mean, Halloween alone carried the second act. Halloween was really, really good. Um, Yeah, so, like, that definitely, you know, couple critiques there. But overall, I really, really enjoyed this book. Highly recommend it to anyone who wants to read it. Um, It's very fun. It's not your typical romance book. It's very, like, layered and and Mm well-written. Like, especially for it to be someone's debut Debut. novel. Yes, It's very well-written, very tight for, you know, the most part. It's, Especially, I'm pretty sure... It's grammar, you know, the style of it is really good. I... I've looked through her Instagram a little bit, but not, like, super in-depth. And I don't think she's really signed to, like, any major publishing house. Mm. So this kind of blew up off the, like, power of TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, you know. And she just executed. Like, I'm very excited to see where this is going to go, obviously. But I could literally reread this book over over and over and over and probably get the same amount of enjoyment Every time, which is rare for this type of book for me. Yeah, like romances are hard to have that same rereadability because you already know where it's going. Um, And there's like less enjoyment on the buildup, I feel like. But this book, I feel like, has such a strong build that you can still get that same enjoyment. And you can still get that same like satisfaction from the ending where like, oh, one other thing I didn't like. 
I I just don't like pregnancy reads. Um, so That's the end, right. that epilogue fell incredibly flat for me and also i feel like it was a little unrealistic like right in the epilogue where like he wins a stanley cup and she won the olympics and they have a baby on the way like eh, life was just a little too good yeah like after what like five years because she had to wait for the next olympic set so yeah it was like five to six years and like they've accomplished all of that and it's just like Okay. One thing I don't like about a book that has an ensemble cast and obviously will have sequels because it, as is stated, like on the page, like this is part of a series. Yeah. You cannot tell me how everybody else's book is going to end in the first book. Yeah. I don't, I did not, I kind of enjoyed knowing that JJ's partner is going to be non-binary. However, I would have more enjoyed seeing that character pop up in book two okay because that's one thing i love like obviously i can kind of tell either this is the next book is going to be ryan's book or the next book is going to be robbie's book because yeah yeah, because there's that scene and you know that's the best part of an ensemble cast romance book where every single book is i don't want to say episodic what's the episodic is what I'm going to say. So, where, a standalone? A standalone, yes. But in a series, that scene where you see who's going to be in the next book, where you see the people staring at each other a little too hard, where they're making a little too much eye contact, where they touched a little too long. Like, please, that is so excellent. Mm, yeah, that that soft foreshadowing is really nice in a lot of books. And I don't, I hate when they do that we, in an epilogue. Yeah, we didn't really get that in this. We definitely, we just got like a hard cut to... Sabrina, like, we get um, a notification on Sabrina's whereabouts. It doesn't say whether Robbie's there or not, but... Which scares me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not scared, but, like, I also think because the epilogue is from um, Annie's perspective, that's probably a good indicator of why we didn't get a note on Robbie. True. Of just, like, because that's her best friend, so that's what they were talking about. Um, And I believe in the reference, it was talking about a bachelorette party, so it was, like... Or not a bachelorette party, a baby shower. Yeah. So it was like, you know, we didn't, it wasn't necessarily something that he might have like been there for or something, you know, whatever. So He would have been there though. I mean, he would have been there, but like, that's not who she would be focusing on at that time, right? That's true. So we, we get a hint on her. We get a hint on JJ's future. We don't hear about Henry. We don't hear about Ryan. We don't hear about Russ. Like, we don't hear about any of the rest of them. But, um, yeah, it was, I do like a good soft foreshadowing moment. We didn't get any of those. Like, throughout this book, it was, like, we get either, a, like, a clear with Robbie and Sabrina. We get a clear, this is who their partner is. And if they're going to get a book, it's going to be with this person. We get a clear one for Ryan. We get a Henry clear. Henry kind of got one. Henry kind of did get a soft foreshadow. But Henry's also, a like, a ladies' man. So we can't be certain that yeah. that's the person he's going to Because he was with. making out with every single hot girl on campus. Like, it yeah. was crazy. But I would be interested to see where that goes. And also some of the people that, like... Lived in... Um, in the same were, building yes. with them. Yeah. yeah. I would be interested to see where that goes with them, too. There were but so many good characters that lots we can of interesting expand, characters expound we on. Yeah. So, but this has been our review of Icebreaker. I got it right by Hannah Grace. Um, <laughs> I love, okay, so you guys can't see, but like the file name she even has it is Heartbreaker. Like she was I swear, failing. I don't know why. <laughs> I just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I just kept 
in my mind, I just kept calling it Heartbreaker. But I, I promise I know it, you guys. Are you thinking of, like, the Heartstoppers and Icebreaker? No. Like, Matt, no. I don't know what the Heartstoppers is. Oh. Well, never mind. Um, but You need to start reading more. <laughs> that sounds like something I wouldn't like. Um, anyway... <laughs> So this has been a review of Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, the first novel in the UCMH series. And if you guys couldn't tell, I am going to rate this book as totally in its bag. This book is phenomenal. One of my favorite books I've read this year. Definitely a pers- an author to be on the lookout for in the future. Oh, yes. Um, She's a great character writer. I yeah. wouldn't say a good world builder if that's something you love about a book. I mean, but it's, like, a contemporary, so there's not a whole lot of world building to do outside of, like, establishing what the college looks like. Yeah. But, yeah, not not great as far as, like, setting aspects mm-hmm. and world building in that way. But, yeah, definitely a great character writer and author to be on the lookout for. And, um, yeah, this has definitely been one of my favorite reads of 2022, even though it's one of my more recent reads. Um I have a lot more books that I'm going to talk about from 2022. I do want to talk about the most recent sports romance I read that I didn't like. So we're going to get to that soon. Um, and we're going to I have I have lots in store for you guys. So stay tuned. I have a lot of other fun romances that I've read this year that I'm very excited to catch you guys up on. And I have a couple um, little mysteries, like magical realism mysteries that I I'm excited to cue you guys in on. So be on the lookout for those. So stay tuned to any and all information I release and have a great day, guys. Or I guess whenever you're listening to this, have a solid, you know, morning, day, evening, middle of the night, whenever you're (laughs) listening to this. And yeah, goodbye, everybody. This will be like your last podcast of the year. No, but I mean, like, the last one you're recording, because the year ends in two Yeah, I mean, this is the last... Well, probably not. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was going to be like, oh, cool, milestone. Are you going to say goodbye, or are you just going (laughs) to keep talking? Okay, sorry. Yeah, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right.